0: welcome to the nfl stock exchange podcast in this episode we're talking what matters most from week 17 in the nfl and oh boy was there a lot that mattered most of course we had playoff eliminations playoff locks you had the draft order moving up and down some incredible performances all around the nfl we're to talk about all that i'm trevor sycamore with me as always is connor rogers let's ring the bell Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers coming to you in the wee hours of the night. Well, not really, but it is later than we normally record because Connor does such a great job on SNY covering oh, the Jets game And the Jets had a rare <laughs> afternoon game, rare afternoon game for the New York yeah. Jets. So we're wish a little later didn't. than normal.
1: Yeah, wish they didn't. Could have just done the one o'clock. Could just get it out of the way early and then we can record at our normal times. Come but on. Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We're the definitely going to
0: We're we're definitely going to uh talk about the Jets versus the Seahawks game as well as every other game that we saw during the Sunday slate of week 17 in the NFL. Man, so many things on the line in this game. Yeah. Future jobs, draft position, playoff positions, implications everywhere. Teams getting eliminated, teams solidifying playoff spots. There's there's so much to talk about and of course, it's a Monday podcast here on the NFL Stock Exchange, which means we're going to tell you what mattered most. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean this individual win it could mean a lot of different things. It could be player performances, like we said. It could be draft pick stuff. Long term, sometimes short term is what matters most. So we'll definitely dig into that. But buddy, how we feeling? I'll give you the I'll give you the proper introduction. How we feeling this evening?
1: I'm good, man. Uh, another, you know, crazy Sunday. I know for a lot of people, it was fantasy championship weekend. Um, so and there was some some heartbreakers, I'm sure, out there by lack of performances or surprise performances. Mm-hmm. And of course, so many playoff implications on the line and a lot of weird upsets and almost upsets this week that I know it's the NFL. Anything could happen, especially this year. But Trevor. Even I was very surprised by a handful of these
0: games. So we're recording this on late on Sunday night, obviously. And it is the first of the year is the first day of 2023. So I should have opened up the podcast saying happy new year to everybody out there who's listening to the podcast. We love you all so much for starting your year off with us. We appreciate that a ton. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because Connor, we got sports betting legal in Ohio. On this day, I'm in Cincinnati. That's I right. wait for PFF. I work at PFF's headquarters, and their headquarters are in Cincinnati. So today was the first day that I could bet on my mobile device legally in the state of Ohio. So can I tell you? Yeah, walk I, me through the feelings. Okay, of this. It, it was wild this morning because you know you go through like, oh, I'm just gonna, yeah, you know, I'm gonna place this little bet here. You know, I'm gonna win a little bit of money, and then there's other ones where it's like, I'm gonna put a seven game parlay mm-hmm. together. Yeah, how big? So, That's how they make their money. So I actually did, uh, you know, for the fun of it, I, I got a couple of free bets, and uh, I did have a seven leg parlay that I want to try to. How do I find this one? How do I find it? How Look, do I folks, find my... he doesn't even know how to navigate the gambling app. I don't even know it is. I don't even. I don't even know what I'm doing on this app. I understand how to bet, but the app, it's 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 so new. Okay, I remember it. It was an anytime touchdown bet. Okay, you ready for this? It was Jamal Williams, hit, love it. Mike Mike Evans hit Christian McCaffrey hit. This is all in a parlay. You Austin- didn't even round
1: Robin it. You didn't even protect yourself. You just said no. These are all gonna hit. No,
0: no, I went for gold. Austin Eckler hit. And then we get in the the two that did not hit. Brian Robinson Jr. Who had, an opp- who had an opportunity on the goal line, and they instead gave it to Carson Wentz to stick it over the goal line instead. So I, I had opportunities there. And then Saquon Barkley. They scored 31 points, and Barkley wasn't any of them. I was pissed at that one, but I lost it by two legs, so I can't even be too mad about it. But I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there to the good to the good, uh, the good, sex addicts of the podcast that uh, I got burned on my first six-leg parlay. <laughs> so you got four of the six? Yeah, hit four of the six. Yeah, you you got to join the round robin life. We'll figure that out after
1: the show. I mean, it's just you would be you'd be you wouldn't even be doing this podcast right now. You'd have so much wealth that you could have just walked away from the podcast. But instead, you get to talk about what matters most from you the do. Sunday since your parlay didn't hit and mm-hmm. you didn't round robin it. And that's where I ask
0: you, yes. where do you want to begin? Let's start. Let's let's start Battle of the Birds, baby. Let's go Arizona Cardinals, Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, the premier matchup yep. of the weekend. David Blau going head to head against Desmond Ritter. I mean, the stars were out for this one. Hollywood was rolling out the red carpet. They couldn't even fit enough people into that stadium. It was overflowing. Okay, Uh Cardinals win this. Sorry, Falcons win this game, twenty to nineteen. Connor, did you have a main takeaway from this one? A very mini takeaway from this one, because this was a game that
1: um, was not, you know, on alert when there's a million games going on all the time. And and my mini takeaway from this is that I I really like that the Falcons, I think, found a nice player in Tyler Algier. And it was somebody that I, I, you know, I liked during the draft process. I thought he can play all three downs. And I'm really seeing it in this Atlanta offense. He has the frame to take on a heavy workload. He had 20 carries in this game. He's somebody that understands um, not only pass pro, but has soft hands to make a play after the catch as well. So I know when you look at the box score of this, you know, 83 rush yards on 20 attempts, everybody might shrug and go, who cares? I mean, he had 69 of those yards after contact. He ran for six first downs. He, He forced three missed tackles uh he had he averaged 3.5 yards uh after contact per attempt so I've just really liked what I've seen from Algier this season, where when you're watching these teams, Trevor, the Cardinals and the Falcons who feel like they're, they have a wild injury list every single week. You're looking for pieces that they can use for the following years, even mm-hmm. if they're not first round or second round kind of picks. And I've just continuously liked what I saw from Algier on the Falcons side of this game and Trey McBride finally being used by Arizona in the passing attack for them as well. So, those teams right now, they're looking towards the draft. It's a disappointing season for both of them, but it's nice to see those fun, fun
0: offensive guys that could be a part of their future for the long term. Early sex addicts of this here podcast will remember uh, my running back rankings for 2022. I had Breesol RB one. Yep, I had Kenneth Walker RB two. Tyler Algier's RB3, baby. Hell yeah, you did. I, I love to see it. And it's just, it, it's such a fun running style to watch, right? The dude looks like you insulted his family yes. every time he touches the ball. And that's, that's a running style that you love to see because the man will never go down. A lot of the same reasons why people love Damian Pierce are the reasons why you would love Tyler Algier. So I absolutely love that. My what matters most for the Atlanta Falcons is, look, you can't give up 340 yards to David Blau. You just can't. And and I think for this no. Falcons team, it all starts up front. We've done mock drafts on this show. We talked about my mock draft a little bit last week. If you guys missed that episode, you can go check it out. And I had the Atlanta Falcons at number six, taking Florida State edge rusher Jared Verse. And I'm sticking with that. My what matters most is the Falcons have to heavily invest on the defensive line this offseason, whether it is that first round pick, which it looks like it's going to be a top 10 pick for the Falcons. Uh, Whether it's in free agency, getting some guys along anywhere, interior, edge rusher, it doesn't matter. They have to get so much better along that front. Desmond Ritter played well enough again to where you go, okay, like we could legitimately see what this guy's all about in 2023. Do you want to go into that year with just him? Maybe not. I think that's a different debate, but... My talking point here this week is the defensive lines gotta get better. You cannot look at this Cardinals team, the way that it is constructed right now, the quarterback that was leading them out there. Look at the fact that they gained over 330. I think it was 339 yards exactly um, in this game and think that that's okay. It's just not the defensive lines gotta be better. It starts up front for them. Go get yourself a pass rusher. That is what is crucially missing from this Falcons team. Yeah. And they took two last year in the first three rounds. Maybe.
1: Yeah. And I know Arizona obviously took MyJay Sanders as well. I mean, these teams are trying, but it's not enough, Trevor. Those felt like pass rush specialists that they took. They need to get a premium guy that could play every yes, down. Yes. Uh, and one last note before we move on from this game, you and I had Algier as a top five back. He was the 12th running back taken in last year's draft. So mm. good for the Falcons. Feel like they found something there. Let's you know, move to – Oh, Look, sorry. Go it... ahead.
0: I was just going to say, the NFL, I don't I need mean, to. We're just two
1: guys that are just sitting here. Just I mean – we're just ranking all. We're doing top fives all the time. We're, 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 we're here.
0: We're doing it for you. We're NFL. Right. This is this is why you listen to the pod. NFL. We're getting it right.
1: Why you listen um, to the
0: pod? What's next? What game do you want to hit next? Bears
1: Lions blowout. We're gonna have to go through Ooh. a couple. We're gonna have to go through a couple blowouts today. Uh, spoiler alert! I talked to Trevor about this game before the show and i liked his take so much that we are going to amplify and elevate that take so kind sir what did you think of bears lions
0: yeah so final score in this one 41 to 10 uh first and foremost shout out to the detroit lions Uh, jared Jared goff once again just showing that he is enough for this team to succeed Uh, absolutely i now here's the issue ben johnson's been incredible right their offense coordinator and what does this offense look like when he probably leaves after this? Because he's so coveted that I feel like some team out there is going to give him a shot at head coach. So if he leaves, what is this offense? Because right now, I would tell you, if you got Ben Johnson back next year, if he did not leave for a head coach gig, you don't got to draft a quarterback in the first round with these first two picks. Go get defense. If you go get two major difference makers on the defense side of the ball this upcoming draft, and they're able to contribute and play right away as rookies, I think the rest of this team is going to elevate itself to where the Lions are going to be a really damn good football team next year. Without Ben Johnson, I don't know what it's exactly going to be. But my real what matters most is I want to see Justin Fields attempt at least 30 passes next week. The game next week for the Chicago Bears does not matter. There is nothing on the line other than if you lose another game and Houston happens to win. I don't even know who they're playing in week 18. If Houston happens to win it, you could potentially get the number one overall pick. I would love for Matt Eberflus to go into next week's game to just say to Justin Fields, Justin, we know you what you can do as a runner. You're an unbelievable runner. I want that to be an element of your game, but I don't want it to be the main component of your game. I'm not I don't want that to be the main course. Who are they who are they playing in week 18? Who is it? It's uh it's got to be the Vikings, right? It's got to be a divisional game. I think it is the Vikings. I want to go into that Vikings game Vikings. and say, and say, home game for the Bears. We are giving you 30 passes to attempt in this game. I don't want you have to work. I I want you to hone in and take chances on what you think would work, what you think won't. Let's do a really good job studying up before the week. Let's take a look at their coverages, let's look at where they're weakest, let's make adjustments mid-game and let's really make this last game matter. Now it's tough Because, you know, you don't want Justin Fields to go out there and throw like four or five interceptions and the rest of the team's getting like hella bummed out. But I would kind of say that message to everybody on the team. Try stuff. Try it. If you're a pass rusher and you've been working on a move all year long and you're not sure if you're ready for it, go try it. You know, go get live action with that kinds of stuff. If you're a wide receiver and you're thinking about switching up how you go for a release or how you set up a corner, try it. I want next week to be a true trial game for the Chicago Bears, most importantly, with Justin Fields. Let him throw the football. I, I get it. It's the NFL, and these coaches are just going to say, oh, we're going to put the best game plan together so we can win every single time. And going into next year, they can beat the Vikings, I know that's that it's, that it's, a, that it's a, that a morale boost no matter what, but come on. Make this game matter. And it's going to matter most if you actually – use it as a trial game. So that's what I want to see. That's what I think matters most. I'd love to see that next week. 30 passes, 30 passes.
1: Yeah. if you're just going to have him go into next week and, you know, run a lot and take all these hits. It's I, why even play him in that final week. I think right. he, he's correct. He took a scary late hit. I thought to the head in this game. Um, it was just the second guy coming in and that's football. It's going to happen, but I, you know, he's not a guy that's, it's getting any calls right now. He's taking a lot of contact. It feels like he's in and out of the tent way too frequently. And that is not me blaming Justin Fields. I want to make this very clear. It's the fact that he doesn't have a great supporting cast around him. And my take isn't, well, it's not his fault. He doesn't have a great supporting cast around him. My take Trevor is it's very hard to evaluate Justin Fields in this situation as a pure thrower right now. Because of everything, because what they don't allow him to do, because of the constant hits he's taking and because of the supporting cast. So it's it's interesting for me. I think Fields has had a really remarkable year, um, especially in a quarterback class besides Trevor Lawrence, has really taken a lot of steps back across the board. But I also think he there's a lot we left to see where I'm not writing him on as this future star yet. I think they just they need to do right by him. I'm with you. Um, I would let him rip it a little bit more next week because who the hell cares, right? Literally, who the hell cares? What do you have to left to lose? Unless you are worried about him, I guess, taking more hits on dropbacks? I mean, what's even the answer at this point?
0: Right, right. He has yet to playing a game where he has attempted more than 30 passes. And I would just, I would, I would love to see that for him. Like I, I would, just, I, I would like to see that kind of a game plan for him. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars absolutely kicked the crap out of the Houston Texans. 31 to three. This Jags team is rolling right now. Connor, do you have uh, a, yeah. what matters most from this one? I mean,
1: my draft brain gravitated towards the Texans so much that I overlooked how impressive this is for Jacksonville. I, What's not to like? I mean, what matters most is that Jacksonville can make the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. And that Doug Peterson, you know, I said Brian Dable would be my coach of the year vote, and I stand by that. But if I had to do an AFC one, it's absolutely Doug Peterson with what he's done with Jacksonville cleaning up that mess and the fact that it just feels like they're not just a throw happy team. We can run as we saw today. I mean, they handed the ball to a million different guys and had almost 170 yards. So the Jacksonville storyline, to me, Trevor, remains the same. The playoffs are still in sight for them. There's a chance. Um, and what they've done to turn around, not this season, but the franchise as a whole, is massive. I just look at the Texans and go, keep losing. Keep yeah, losing. They, they need to. What mattered most to me from this game was a Texans loss, and it stinks that they're this bad, and it got this bad this fast. But they're hurting a lot of areas. they are oh, question man. marks in a lot of areas, and they need to keep losing these games because they need the number one overall pick. And I I still stand by it It should be Bryce Young, by the way. And we'll get more into that on the draft show. They play any next week. I know. That's why I've been saying I think the Bears are going to pick number one. I really do. No.
0: No. Next week, Texans Colts, a
1: a movable object against a stoppable force. Is that what they
0: say? Uh, Yeah, I think that would be (laughs) how you would change the phrase. Oh, no. I mean, the Colts look like absolute poop, too.
1: The Colts, uh, let me say this. The Colts didn't want to be out there against the Giants. Can I say say it that simple? It's Uh, that simple? No. Which scares me because I've never, the Texans stink, okay? But I am very impressed that the Texans, I think, play hard this year. They just Mm -hmm. suck. And I would rather it be that way. Yeah.
0: What's that? I said the roster's bad.
1: It's a bad roster. And everybody kind of thought that, right? They traded Deshaun Watson and they got a million picks and they're trying to turn it around. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the Colts are ready to call it, man. I really do. And and that means the Texans can win the last game of the season, and the Bears can keep losing.
0: All right, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think the Texans tank? Do you think the Texans' ownership at the very top? Do you think Nick Casario? you think they get Lovey Smith in the room and they go, Hey, buddy, we're gonna need you to take one for the team here. Did you watch Bryce Young in that Sugar Bowl? Did you watch it? I hope you did. Because we're gonna need you to take one for the team here. Do you think, do you think that behind the doors conversation happens for a player like Bryce Young? Because oh, it wouldn't man. be the first time that it no, happened with no, Lovey no, Smith. No, no, no. It wouldn't be the first time it happened right? with Lovey Smith. Because in Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, I put my hands up put my hands up no and I'm no, it's, no. A, it's a very real topic last game. they didn't try that last game
1: my thing is they're, they're already putting Jeff Driscoll out there like is that not enough <laughs> it's not enough They come on
0: they shut no, down I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna have to the actively tank. I um, don't think so either I don't think they're gonna tell them to do that Colts but,
1: Texans score prediction I'll say 12 to 6 Texans yeah
0: that sounds about right doesn't it yeah 12 to 6 all right i'm gonna go 13 to 16 how did we get there how did we get there i don't know what's the over under
1: i'll say 33
0: no it's over under the year no it's got to be higher than that does it did I you mean, watch Nick Foles and no, I was no, no. I'm, I'm just saying I'm just saying, like, I don't know if Vegas is gonna go that low. I'll say thirty-six. I'll say, say The, the over under is thirty-six. All right. Do we have so, an early do you have an early one for this?
1: Oh, the Texans actually have scored i Texans have scored some points the week weeks before this. Uh huh. I don't I don't have an early actually I should I wonder if it's up yet. I will check. I don't know if it's up. Um, no, you're right. At 33, it's just like... <laughs> That's just I mean, that, really is, that really
0: is the stoppable force versus the movable object. I'm going to say 30, 36 and a half. We'll go 36 and a half. That's Ooh. Do you see what? I think it's up.
1: Okay, what is it? 38 and a half. Okay, I was close. Damn. All Smash right.
0: under. Smash.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so I you, think we got that's all the slop not, out of the way. That was just,
0: my. What matters most is simply Jacksonville Jags. Please win next week. Please, we're begging you. Nobody wants to see the Titans in the playoffs. Titans no. fans listening and watching this show don't want to see the Titans in the playoffs. You don't want to do that. You don't want to subject your friends and family to that. You don't want to have to. You don't want to have to dress up and go out to a bar and act like they're going to win, but you, you guys, you guys don't want that. We're looking out for you. I need the Jags to win next week. I need the Jags in the playoffs. All right.
1: Uh, what I'm game do you, you want to go to next? I'm with you. Huge for Jacksonville. Well, I guess since we already did the Colts, we should talk about the Giants briefly. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, what matters most with the Giants is that they got the coaching hire, right? Nailed it. I didn't need, I didn't need this win to solidify it. Like that's not the point, but the Giants going to the playoffs now with house money. Mm-hmm. Because nobody expected the Giants to be in the playoffs this year. And the Giants got there, honestly, by coaching. If you need a example at its pinnacle in the NFL of coaching matters mm-hmm. to a point that is insane compared to any other sport out there, the New York Giants are the poster boy for that this year. And I'm not saying that to take away credit from Daniel Jones or... Saquon Barkley or Wink Martindale's defense. But I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm just being honest. They don't ask Daniel Jones to be a hero. He gets it done with his legs and he's efficient as a thrower. Not a superstar, but efficient Mm -hmm. as a thrower. And that, to me, is coaching. So that's what matters most to the New York Giants. And that is one of the most important things when you are a fan of a team in the NFL. If you have that answered, you should feel really good about your long-term future.
0: Remember during the summer when we were doing some, uh, some fan questions, somebody asked us, what's more important to nail it at general manager, head coach, or quarterback? And we went back and forth with a lot of this stuff. And yeah. honestly, there have been so many coaches this year that make me think if I didn't say quarterback, I can't remember what I said during the summer. I think I probably said... Well, I think I, I think I probably said quarterback. But yeah, if I, I didn't did. if I didn't say head coach, I th- I think I might change my answer to head coach. Watching what head coaches have been able to do across the NFL with Teams and quarterbacks that aren't even really theirs in certain instances. Now, a couple of them, okay, you can argue like they've got like Doug Peterson for example. He, he inherited Trevor Lawrence, so like he's got both, right? But you know, you look at Brian Abel and and you look at what he's been able to do with Daniel Jones, and how incredible that's been. I, I feel like I'm a lot closer to saying head coach than quarterback. I still think that I would say quarterback ultimately because he's the one who's playing the games. But man. A good hedge coach just says so much. And you can see that with the New York Giants right now. I'll give you Daniel Jones' flowers, man. I know a lot of people are um, clamor for that on social media. A lot of people are kind of like saying like, hey, what are you guys going to give Daniel Jones' props? I'll, g- I'll give Daniel Jones' props right here. I mean, it, 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 this was a better season from Daniel Jones than I really ever thought we were going to see. And, I, and I'll absolutely yeah. admit that. I will absolutely admit that. Now, I don't know how much higher— Daniel Jones' ceiling is, as opposed to what I thought previously, but his floor and his consistency are a hell of a lot higher than I thought was going to be the case. I didn't think that Daniel Jones was going to stick around. And now he is at the point where report came out earlier on Sunday that the Giants are going to offer both him and, or at least they're seriously considering offering both of these guys multi-year contracts, and they should, they deserve it. You look at Daniel Jones in this game, 19 for 24, 177 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 11 carries, 91 rushing yards, and two two rushing touchdowns. I can't sit here and say things in the offseason like the NFL is gravitating towards dual threat quarterbacks. You need to find dual threat quarterbacks because of how much value they bring and how much stress they put on the defense. I can't sit here and preach that in the summer and then not give Daniel Jones props for that, for being both, because he is. Now, does he have an elite arm? Is he an elite passer? No, he's not, but he is clearly such a great example of even if you are an okay passer, even if you are just a good passer and you have a genuine rushing ability to you, this is the kind of offense that you can orchestrate. These are the kind of points that you could put up, even with a terrible receiving Supporting cast, so would love to see the Giants really invest in that receiving supporting cast, whether it is at the end of the first round. You can try to go into in free agency. There's just not a lot of talent there, unfortunately. But look, you don't have to force the quarterback need this offseason. Giants are in the playoffs, so they're going to be picking in the 20s. You don't need to go fishing for a quarterback like a Tanner McKee or somebody else who might still be on the board in the 20s after the big three or big four are gone already, but by the time the Giants pick. So hats off to Daniel Jones. I didn't even think that we were going to get to this point where he was going to have this season, even with a good coach and he's doing it with a terrible receiving cast going into the year. I know a lot of guys have played better as of recently, but
1: he is because
0: breakout. Yeah. I mean, I say Hodges breaking out, obviously Darius Slayton when he's been out there, like uh, Bellinger at tight end, they're they're making him a, a really nice weapon. So just guys that don't start anywhere else. Hats That's what makes to, more impressive. Hats off to the Giants. They, they. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly admit that they are way better than I thought that they were going to be, and yeah. I've got to give them their credit for that.
1: All right, let's move the Broncos Chiefs here. I mean, stutter of the day for me. I think. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think the Broncos would remotely hang around in this game uh, after a week of. I don't know if this came across your timeline. I was kind of floored by this. The topic of the week that I, I couldn't wrap my head around was the, did the Broncos just cut Russell Wilson and eat all the money? And I, I just, every time I Google that contract, I go, I don't even think this is a conversation for another, for the two years. So yeah, I don't that'd, be, that'd be brutal. <laughs> that would be just a, one of the more diabolical moves I've ever seen in a salary cap league. <laughs> Um, Trevor, what'd you, what'd you take away from one of the more puzzling games of the afternoon as the chiefs get their 13th win?
0: Yeah. I am I don't want to, I don't want to say like full blown worry, but it's definitely on my radar, the lack of consistency that the chiefs have in their run game. Like Mahomes is superhuman, right? They're, they're, if they're going to get to the super bowl, they're going to do it off the back of Patrick Mahomes, or the arm of Patrick Mahomes, I should say. But when you get up against those really good teams, especially playing the Bengals, playing the Bills, playing those really good teams in the AFC, you are going to need to control the game. And I worry about Kansas City's ability to control the clock if they're not willing to run the ball, whether that's because they don't believe they're, they're as effective as they need to be running the ball, or if they just believe that it's they're they're better and more efficient passing it that they can move it better that way whatever it is sometimes the best defense for guys like joe burrow guys like josh allen is to keep them on the sideline and in order to do that you do have to be able to run the ball you have to be able to control the clock this is another game in which kansas city yes they won this game they lost the time of possession and sometimes there's a lot of factors that go into that but i'm just saying I am a little bit worried if Kansas city gets a lead on some of these better teams in the playoffs, do they have the rushing attack to salt away the games, to continue to keep drives going, to continue to keep the clock moving and keep possession in their favor, because you can do that passing the ball, but there's always a risk when you throw the ball in the air and and you let it be up for grabs for anybody to go get it or for incompletions to happen and things like that. So that's just, that was my takeaway from the Kansas city chiefs is yeah, I think they got some issues on defense as well, especially at third corner. They might be, especially when Snead went out of this game, they were kind of exposed in the secondary. But secondary is an up-and-down thing. Running game should be something that you can rely on. And I, I just, I'm a little worried about Kansas City's ability to keep the other team's quarterbacks, the other team's offense off the field um, when they're going to need to be able to do that in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, just going through their offensive line, and it seems like, you know, Creed Humphrey's been Creed. There's no denying that. Uh, it seems like Joe Tooney had a pretty rough day just looking early at the early numbers there. And you're right that they need, you know, or- Orlando Brown's going to be a free agent. They need this group to really come together and help help them have a balanced attack. As we've seen in spurts this year, um, you know, for me, I think any performance like this gives you a little hope for the Broncos because right now, let's not forget, you're selling this job out there to maybe Sean Payton, maybe some other guys out there. Denver, I think is a very attractive destination for head coaching candidates, Mm -hmm. but I think that it's lost some shine because of this Russ contract they're attached to and how bad of a year it was there for Nathaniel Hackett. And now you need to kind of show, Hey, Hackett wasn't ready to coach this team That was a lot of their problems. This thing can be turned around like we saw Jacksonville turn around this year. I don't think Russ is ever going to be in that top tier of quarterbacks ever again. But can Russ be middle of the pack? That would be enough that would make this job attractive to candidates. So I think any level of competence from Denver to end the season here is a small victory as they try to audition this franchise
0: to head coaching candidates. I think they're going to make a huge push for Sean Payton. I think they have to, right? I think think a lot of teams are going to, obviously, but the Broncos are in a situation where they're already so pot committed. You almost, you know, you got an extra first round pick back this year for trading Bradley Chubb. If you trade new Orleans, a first rounder this year and a first rounder next year, and you're getting a a quarterback or sorry, you're getting a head coach that might be able to salvage Russell Wilson. That, I mean, like that's, that's worth your two first round picks. Right, yep. that's that's what's most important. You're already so pot committed to Russell Wilson to where if you try to, I don't want to say like pinch pennies or bargain shop, but you know what I'm, I, I mean what I'm saying. That if you try to do that at head coach, this whole thing's gonna blow up so bad that everybody involved is gonna be fired anyways. So, I can see this team getting very very aggressive for a guy like Sean Payton. Uh, Dolphins Patriots the next game here.
1: I wanted to shout out Carlos Dunlap for the Chiefs too. That's it, though. Oh, okay. But that'll Patriots. that'll help them in the playoffs. A veteran with that kind of experience, been around forever. I think I think they'll have to play him a little more than they already do, but I thought he he made a nice impact today. But Dolphins, Dolphins, Patriots, right? That's where you're going.
0: Yeah. Uh Gator Great, Carlos Dunlap, by the way. Um, That's right. Dolphins, long time ago. Dolphins long lose ago. this one to the Patriots by a score of twenty three to twenty one was not a pretty day on offense for the Miami Dolphins. No. Jeff Wilson leads the team in rushing yards, 15 attempts, 45 yards. Teddy Bridgewater went 12 for 19, 160 yards. Skyler Thompson came in the game when uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, broke his finger. 12 for 21, 100 yards. Both those guys threw interceptions. I mean, it ain't like the Patriots played great, but they played no. enough to beat the Dolphins. And my, You know... There's 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 plenty of negative about the Dolphins. Um, lost five in a row now. They were eight and three at one point. Now they're sitting here at eight and eight. Now they don't even control their own destiny anymore. They need help to get in the playoffs. They need the Bills to beat New England next week, and they have to beat the Jets next week. So basically, either Tua Tagovailoa plays, or uh, this this team's not going to make the playoffs. But I'll say this for my what matters most. This was still a good year for the Dolphins, even if they don't make the playoffs. I think this was a great learning year for the Dolphins, and they were able to have success and a lot of success while in a learning year, which sometimes you don't get the luxury to do. When you're a rebuilding team, sometimes it's just just losses and losses, and you're trying to like find silver linings, and you're trying to get guys to really still be invested. This Miami team really hit a good high. And I think that Mike McDaniel came in and what he was doing worked so well early on. And then I think McDaniel really got some good coaching lessons of what happens when guys get injured. What happens when I don't have the quarterback available? What happens when the quarterback is struggling a little bit more than I thought? What happens when the team gets on a losing skid, right? Like he has now experienced so many roller coasters within this season of being a head coach that I think it's going to be great for him In the long run, I don't know if two is going to be the head, the 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 quarterback long term for this team, but I think that you get to answer that question properly because of a year like this. You don't just get to go into next year and be like, "Oh yeah, of course, like two is guy, no question about it." I mean, yeah, we're gonna believe in him wholeheartedly. You probably have some closed door conversations with the owner, the general manager, and you go, "All right, what are we thinking? Let's Mm -hmm. be honest. Doors are closed." And you get to actually make moves that you think are best for the franchise. So, ultimately, uh, disappointing down the stretch for Miami, I know that. But when I look back at this year of what it was, I really do think this is going to be something that's going to be good for them long term, given all the roller coasters that they've had this year.
1: It's tricky, right? I I agree, and I, I am Mike McDaniel fan number one. And I like a lot of things the Dolphins have done they are one of those teams that we've seen a lot of teams in the NFL like this this year that have the golden quarterback question, weighing them down because mm-hmm. now to his long-term health is a gigantic scare. Sure. Three concussions this year. Is he going to get hurt again next year? What level of veteran or whatever you need to do quarterback? Do you need to put behind him or next to him? Do you, do you just guarantee to as the guy next year? I think if, his health was guaranteed. It's a no brainer. Two has looked really good for a lot of this year. I, Miami is at such an interesting crossroads right now. But what I will say for them is as much as they lost, and what matters most in New England, New England is that they kept their season alive because somehow, they're somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. I don't think a lot of the current pieces are you know, necessarily even going to be a huge factor next year for them. They have a ton of cap space coming up. I don't know how invested they are in Mac Jones. Jacoby Myers is a free agent. There's a lot to talk about New England. Bill Belichick's not getting any younger. They need to figure out an offensive staff. But all that we could talk about until we get to that point is that New England's alive, okay? It's that simple. Where this is interesting to me, Trevor, is Mm -hmm. that New England has a Buffalo team that is going to be gunning like hell next week to clinch that number one seed. Miami has a New York Jets team that has not looked alive in weeks. Can Miami, despite losing to New England today, still pull this off? Mm -hmm. I think they have a chance.
0: I think so, too. I I definitely think so, too. You're you're definitely not far off there. Saints-Eagles. Saints come away with the big dub here in Philly. Now, Jalen Hurts obviously not playing in this game. Uh, Lane Johnson's on the game as well. So, Philly was banged up. But the Saints 20, Josh Sweat, he he was Yeah, Josh, Josh Sweat, obviously, had a uh, scary injury there. Hope everything's all right with him. The last I saw was that, obviously, they, they transported him to a hospital. And um, I saw that he was, he was moving his arms and his legs as they were kind of, like, getting him off the field. So that's a good sign. But hopefully he's going to be okay because he's a big part of their pass rush. But even beyond that, just hopefully he's going to be okay yeah. healthy-wise. Uh, Saints 20, Eagles 10. What was your what matters most here from this one in the Eagles loss?
1: As much as I like Gardner Minshew, like we can officially get away from this whole Jalen Hurts is they're a product of the offense or the team's really good. And all those things could be true that this is a really good team. Jalen Hurts is an extremely valuable player. I cannot emphasize this enough because Jalen Hurts can do things beyond the normal quarterback play to get you through difficult circumstances like this. Credit to the Saints. Their defense is still playing really, really hard. They have a lot of veterans on this unit. You knew that they weren't going to completely fold. They've now won seven games. Isn't that weird to say? The Saints have now stumbled into seven wins when it felt like they were going to finish
0: the year with four. There was a there was a scenario where like they could have really been in the driver's seat. I feel like for uh, for the NFC South title still, but because Tampa won, they got eliminated. <laughs> Bananas.
1: I think what matters most, though, besides that mini point, like just showing how good Jalen Hurts is, Trevor, I'm starting to get a little worried about the Eagles' injuries down the stretch here. I, I really am. And when I when I say that, I mean I look at the Eagles all year of like this team should be in the Super Bowl. Okay, those are my expectations. My expectations aren't win the division or win a playoff game, win the get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl is a little unfair to say about any team, in my opinion. I'm getting scared. Like, the Lane Johnson injury is massive. Josh Sweat gets hurt today. Jalen Hurts has been out with a shoulder, and we know he's going to be good. We think he's going to be good for the playoffs, obviously. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the Eagles are starting to take some of these massive hits that you worry about them limping a little into the playoffs and running into a 49ers or or a team like that. So that's what I have my eye on most because I knew the Eagles were going to – it was a very, very early point in the season where you sat there and you go – the Eagles are going to win 13 or 14 games. It's just the way the schedule is, and they're just that good. Now I'm more worried: how far can they go? This is the first time I've really questioned that.
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely see the points that you're making, but I'm I'm not ready to say that this Eagles team peaked too early because I saw a lot of that on social media. Did they peak too early? Because... No, I
1: don't think that. I think they just got they got key injuries at a bad time, and that happens. Right. And I can I'm not saying they can't survive that, but I'm finally nervous about them in the NFC.
0: And I didn't feel like that for a long time. Well, I guess the timing of it could go into it. But my what matters most is actually I'm not nervous about them. Jalen Hurts, it felt like he maybe could have gone this week. But you think that there's a good chance that he could play next week. You're playing a Giants team that's already clinched a playoff spot. They don't really have anything to play for. They can't catch the Cowboys for the fifth spot. um, And obviously they can't win the division. So the Giants are basically where they are. So are the Giants really going to play their starters at all next week? If if, if they are, then how long are they going to play them for? Eagles, if they win next week's game, it doesn't matter. They're going to clinch that number one overall seed. I think Jalen Hurts comes back next week. I think he plays. I think they beat the Giants. I think then Philly gets that extra week of rest. I think then Lane Johnson comes back the week after. And I'm just not ready to say that this team... Peaked too early. That, that's my that's my big takeaway. Hurts is coming back. If he comes back and he's able to get this warm up game against the Giants, whether it's their first string guys or second string guys, like or however long he game. plays, it's a good warm up game for him. And then they get a whole week off to heal up, then a little bit. So then you're not worrying too much about rust and oh man, Jalen Hurts like he hasn't he hasn't played in weeks, almost a month at this point. You get to eliminate that, and I think the Eagles are still going to be a force in the playoffs and look anything could happen if it's them versus the 49ers in the nfc championship game i'm not saying the eagles are still destined for the super bowl but i'm just not i'm not with this they peak too early thing i'm not i'm not buying that i think the timeline for the eagles still sets up really well for them and i still think they're a really good team in the nfc so just wanted to, that's that's my point there no i think it's no i think it's really fair it's they're so
1: fascinating to me we knew he'd get to this point with the eagles of like they're not going to be challenged very often, barring a catastrophic injury. And I still think they've suffered that catastrophic injury. They've just had a few add up. Let's stay in the NFC and go to your Bucs, Bucs, Panthers. Um, great Tom Brady game. Great Tom Brady game. Kind of a Tom Brady, Sam Darnold, classic AFC East battle. Duel, taken down south. Yeah, they meet again. I mean, where, I guess I should really just toss to you. Where do you? Where are you even at with this Bucks team that has now scratched to eight and eight?
0: Uh, key for the Panthers, I'll just say, um, they're securing a top ten pick, and we. I think we talked about this a little bit last week. The Panthers being in contention for the division was good for morale. Like, it was just, especially if Steve Wilkes is going to continue yeah, to be great the head for coach. for Steve Wilkes. Right, if Steve Wilkes is going to be the head coach going into next year, it's a really great building block for him. A lot of these guys continue to believe. But ultimately, Carolina did not want to make the playoffs. You did not want to make the playoffs. You have the biggest need on your team is at the most important position in the game. And you have to pick high enough to go and get one of them that you believe in. Yeah, they, they, if, if they were going to jump all the way in 19, they were not going to be able to get a quarterback they wanted. Or at least it would have cost them way too much to go do so. So now they're sitting here. I think they have number six overall. I don't want to give away the episode for tomorrow, but or on Wednesday. But I think they're sitting here at number six overall. I know ninth. they ninth. Oh, they are ninth? Yeah. Oh man, it must have moved when I looked this afternoon. Okay, so they're sitting ninth. It's still a top 10 pick. There's still a chance that they could go a little bit higher up, but that is important. Staying in the top 10, I think, is really important for, for the Carolina Panthers. Bucks did a better job of, I will say, doing what this offense was built to do. And that was Tom Brady hanging on the ball a little bit longer, letting some routes develop attacking deep down the field certainly taking the deep shots to mike evans over 200 yards receiving today goes over a thousand yards again for the ninth time in a row for evans unbelievable streak um so he had a crazy day and look carolina secondary sucks without jc horn yeah i I mean like i don't know what to tell you they said they they hired Josh Norman who was serving coffee last week. I mean, it's not even a that's not even an exaggeration. He was he owns a coffee shop in Atlanta. And he was a barista there, and he was serving coffee last week. And the next week, he's going up against Julio Jones. And so they had Josh Norman. <laughs> Uh, they had Keith Taylor, who's been bad this season, and they had C.J. Henderson, who I, I don't I don't know if there's a player playing with worse effort on a couple of those plays that Mike Evans had that were bombs um, than C.J. Henderson. Dude, so is, this, he's just going through the motions on those plays. It's bad, dude. It was bad. All that to say, Tampa played better. Tampa definitely played better. The coaching decisions, when it matters most, are still an issue for this team. You know, kicking a field goal when you're at the four yard line, fourth and one. The other team has one timeout and there's a minute left to go in the half. How are you kicking that field goal? Go for it. Come on. You're picking up one yard. And if you don't get it, you're asking Carolina and Sam Donald to go at least 50 yards to get into field goal range with one timeout and 50 seconds left on the clock. Come on. Be like, be come, on, be serious about that decision. Come on, go for it. And the same thing after they kick that field goal, they're stopping Caroline on defense, and they waste all of this time and don't call a single timeout when they really needed to. It's just the blunders, the 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 time management decisions. Um, when you get into the postseason, that's the that's the little margin for error stuff that could be the difference between a win and a loss. And right now, Tampa continues to to, to fail at the coaching decisions. So that's what matters most to me. Carolina's eliminated. Tampa's going to the playoffs. Probably going to rest their starters next week. They're probably going to get more healthy. Maybe they get Ryan Jensen back. I don't know. But ultimately, no matter who they play in the first round, it looks like it's obviously going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, I think it's locked into the Dallas Cowboys. No, wait. They can still win the division. They could still win the division. It's a long shot. But I think it's going to be Dallas Cowboys. You got to be on your P's and Q's with coaching decisions, time management, timeout decisions, when to go for it. And Tampa's just not. They haven't been all year long. They just have not. So that's my what matters most.
1: I'll go Panthers quick. I I actually really like the environment they have for hopefully drafting a a young quarterback with that top 10 pick. I'm very impressed with this offensive line when I watch it week after week. I think they have... One of the more promising tackle duos in the entire NFL. I thought Icky looked great today. Taylor Moten, we know what he can do. Mm -hmm. DJ Moore, ever since Sam Darnold has come back, has looked like DJ Moore that we know is worth every penny of that contract, not just a guy fading into irrelevance with guys that couldn't throw him the football. He looked awesome. Uh, They have a ton of picks. I, I, I like Deontay Foreman, but my overall thought is, They're going to be able to draft one of those really talented running backs that we talked about on our running back preview, and that's going to make this offense look much more attractive. I just I like the structure of Carolina's offense the more I watch them, where I go, man, get C.J. Stroud in there or whoever it's going to be with that pick. Uh, And maybe they're a team that they do go to the veteran round. Maybe it's a Derek Carr landing spot. I don't know. But if they got one of those guys in the top 10, I'd be excited to watch them develop
0: in Carolina. Obviously, there's a lot of different ways they can go with a QB upgrade, but they should go rookie they should they should definitely yeah go rookie hey uh speaking yeah. of, speaking of tom brady though connor what if i told you that you turn back the clock and you could have invested money in tom brady's player stock as a rookie i if wouldn't you, be sitting here if you you wouldn't be sitting here or if you did if, no. if, if, if you did you'd be sitting here with you know uh Leather-bound books of of rich mahogany behind you smoking Mm -hmm. a cigar while you were doing the podcast because your investment would be worth up to 4,000% above what you put on it. Now, in that same game, it's not a what if, but now it's a who's next because of Mojo. Mojo is the all-new sports stock market that lets you guys invest in your favorite athletes and cash in on your passions. You can sign up right now on the Apple App Store to get your first stock for free, which If you time it right, could be worth tens of thousands of dollars. Over 300 players are listed on Mojo right now, so you can invest in rookies like Brees Hall, guys like Kenneth Walker, rising stars like uh, Saquon Barkley, um, Daniel Jones. Shouting out the Giants players or superstars, you know, guys that are already established, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen, all those guys. Go long and make money when an underrated diamond in the rough breaks out, or you can even short sell an overrated rival if you think they're going to flop. Prices move with every play, every game, and every headline, so you can buy and sell instantly, anytime, all year long, so that action never stops. Mojo's live in New Jersey right now, so download Mojo in the Apple App Store and start turning your playmakers into money makers. Must be 21 years or older to use Mojo and located in the great state of New Jersey to make some trades. If you got a gambling problem, help us available at 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit mojo.com for more info. Um, you want to touch on Brown's commanders next? Yeah. Last one of the one o'clocks. Yeah. Um,
1: what matters most for me? Did Ron Rivera lose this team? Honest question, Trevor. With starting
0: Carson? Yeah. I mean, maybe. And then the post game was weird. The post game, he didn't. He didn't realize that Washington could be eliminated with uh was it just the Packers win? Did they get eliminated? I oh didn't. no way. Yeah. Oh, right? No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. Let me look. Cuz I I literally just thought about the tie, that. So that's
1: why I'm that's why I'm like brain farting right now. Oh my to- god, I think they got eliminated. I thought they did too. Did, did Ron Rivera lose this team with that decision?
0: Oh, man, the Saints. Yeah, because because of Green Bay's win, commanders got eliminated. That's bad. It's really so bad. bad.
1: It's just not a good look, man. That That's my kind of takeaway is
0: like. It's it's tough to come back from. I think it's Ron's tough. probably built up enough credit. Sure, one of the
1: most respected people in the NFL. I think. Right, right, but, but Carson Wentz was butt cheeks today.
0: Oh, you're and drafting, they went... drafting quarterback, hundred percent.
1: But no ads. I think could have gotten you through this season. No ads,
0: Heineke. Okay, all right. No ads, Heineke. I was like, where's he going with this? What is yeah. no ads? I'm not saying Heineke's great. I don't. I just couldn't wrap my head around this. Well, Heineke started turning the ball over a bunch recently. Right? Oh, yeah.
1: Totally. When you go to Carson Wentz, you don't have to worry about that.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But you also like, they traded for Carson Wentz, you know? Dumb. You know what's no, worse? Doubling down. Doubling down. Look, it's my be look, my gonna what gonna matter be tougher Riverboat. What matters most to me was that the commanders have to have a new quarterback next year. It doesn't matter. Again, there they're should probably be sick here in that, the, too. The only quarterback who should still be on the roster next year for the Washington Commanders is Sam Howell. Would have rather he played? Sure. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of people probably are at this point. You can get out of Carson Wentz contract, right? I believe so. I feel like that's always...
1: You know what's funny? Whenever Carson Wentz get tra- gets traded, that's the sell. Everyone's like, well... I mean, if he stinks there, you could just get out of his contract. It's he like ha- if that's the first thing you say about a trade, that's a really bad sign.
0: He has zero guaranteed money going into next year. You can cut him for nothing. Yeah, he's a pay. He's pay as you go. Oh boy, that's. Tough. I think
1: I want to say Derek Carr is pay as you go. Uh, almost. almost, pretty close. He's
0: close. He's close. He still has a little bit of guaranteed money. What about Tannehill? I actually don't know. Tannehill has one more year
1: where half the salary is guaranteed. Then he becomes. Yeah, but what's it up to? Then he's a free agent. He's a
0: void year after that. Uh, 36 mil in the cap. Yeah, that's not mm. going to be good for anyone. I mean, he could get moved. Who knows? Uh, their cap gurus do plenty of different things. But my, my what matters most is absolutely just Washington's got to have a new quarterback next year. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, not a, not I, a bad football team. No, but... no, 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 no. But uh, I'd like for them to have a new owner too, but. That might be a little bit more difficult. Uh, 49ers Raiders. 49ers come away with the big overtime dub. Did not think that this game was going to be close. This is almost a double-digit favorite game that were the 49ers. Once it was announced that Derek Carr was not starting in this game, this line jumped for the 49ers. Um, 37 to 34 was the final score in this game. Uh, Legend, Jared Siddham. 23 for 34. 365 passing yards. Three touchdowns. Two interceptions. He also added 34 yards on the ground on seven carries. My man was out here slinging it. Like he had absolutely nothing to lose. Because he kind of well, did, didn't. I, what do we think, Connor? We Do we have takeaways from this game? It was a wild one. I have a quick Niners one, okay,
1: and then I'll go real talk on the Raiders. My Niners one is, I'm not really, this didn't worry me or anything. The one oh, thing that no. they have to refined is their pass rush they had they had no sacks in this game they had eight quarterback hits nick bosa had six of them Whew. nick bosa went berserker mode but nobody else really did anything this entire yeah. game for their pass rush that's mm. that i just wonder do teams look at that and go we'll do whatever it takes to contain nick bosa very hard thing to do defensive mm-hmm. player of the year it, it, i just wonder about that they got to refine that but i think they will I think they will. They had a bad game rushing the passer outside of Bosa. The Raiders, which I find more interesting because Mm -hmm. the Niners, I just think they're really good, and I didn't have some pressing takeaway from this fluky game. The Raiders, I think if you're a Raiders fan, this kind of gives you a little hope about the offense next year. Is that insane? This is a really good defense they went against. Okay, what I'm trying to say is I think more of their problems this year were car-focused than people want to admit. And Derek Carr had a good time.
0: Career. Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, Devonte Adams is f- still awesome. Josh McDaniels didn't Dude. completely forget how to coach offense. I don't think he's a good head coach, but I think the man knows offense. Yeah, as we've seen his departure from New England, the ramifications mm-hmm. of that. I I don't think Jared Sittin is going to be the quarterback next year. But at least if I'm a Raiders fan, and now you know you're keeping Josh McDaniels, you're like, maybe Carr had a bigger hand in it than a lot of people realize. And I've watched pain, uh, you know, not regretfully, but I've watched a decent amount of Carr lately because he's attached to the Jets. We're going to have a lot of conversations of the work I do in that. Carr was pretty bad this year. And Carr's not a bad quarterback. There's a difference. But there was a lot of Carr-specific failures in the offense. And Jarrett didn't look comfortable today and played freely. And I think that's a really good sign of you're looking for some kind of hope for Vegas.
0: That's a really damn good point. I think, it's, I think that's a fantastic point. Now, I will say one of my maybe lighthearted what matters most from this one is that when you either can the quarterback or fire the head coach, the, the new leadership bump is so real. Especially in the AFC <laughs> West. The, the, the Broncos almost beat the Chiefs. Uh, and the Raiders almost be the San Francisco 49ers. If, if you told me, hey, power rank the NFL teams right now, Chiefs would probably be one. Uh, San Francisco might be in your top three. Like, you might get the San Francisco at number three, and these these Stella dweller teams were just taking them down to the wire. So I think that bump is very real. But you're right. I, I Maybe this is a little bit of hope for Raiders fans to to look at a different offense like this. I mean, dude, Devontae Adams. I don't know, you know, people love wide receiver rankings, right? And they love to talk about who's number one. I think I always lean Tyreek Hill simply because the speed element is a weapon that is unbelievably valuable that he does to a level that no one else brings. But when it comes to the nuances of mastering everything that goes into the wide receiver position. I don't think there's a better wide receiver in the NFL than Devontae Adams. There are so many good ones right now. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. I mentioned Tyree Kill, right? There's just, there's so many good ones that are up and coming, that are already established. But what Devontae Adams does just bends logic sometimes. Mm. And it does it in a way that he's just, it's mastery it's just mastery of his craft. He's unbelievable at it. Wanted to shout him out. My real what matters most was just Niners still the scariest team in the NFC. This doesn't change it at all for me. But yeah, just wanted to shout that one out.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm with you. There's there's no denying that. All right. Um
0: Jets Seahawks Take it away, buddy. Uh <laughs> Jets Seahawks win this one 23 to 6. Uh I I was I I was told by people who watched your post game S and Y show that you had a fantastic rant afterwards. And, uh, obviously, cause I don't live in the greater New York area. I didn't get to see it. So I, I'll just let you take it away. What was your, uh, what was your, what matters most from this game? Oh man. Well, what the, the simplest form is that the
1: jet season is officially over. And I think what matters most is the trickle effect of that. Of course, where does that go from here? What's most concerning is that the Jets were lifeless for the last couple weeks of the season when they had a chance to end the sport's longest playoff drought. They haven't been in the playoffs, Trevor, since the 2010 season. I was a freshman in college. I'm now in my 30s. I think when you look at it like that, that's an organizational what matters most is that we have been one of the biggest signs of failure in our sport for a decade. And then when you look at the micro of this regime, because Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are not responsible for all of that. They're not responsible for most of that. But it was in front of them to end that streak and inspire confidence in this organization. And they failed when it mattered most. And I think that's tough. And I think how you respond, of course, matters there of, of you know your tenure. And I think they're going to get the chance to. I don't think Woody Johnson's going to move on from either of those guys. And that, to me, would be insane, honestly, if he just started firing everybody. I think the Jets did take some nice steps this year. Mm-hmm. But I think when they needed it most, the offense could not get it done. And what matters most with the Jets' offense is that You can't point the finger at one person. They're going to go get a veteran quarterback. That's an improvement from what Zach Wilson and Mike White were this year. Mm -hmm. But the offensive line wasn't good enough. The run game wasn't consistent. The play calling was bad for the large part of the season, especially after they lost Brees Hall and ABT. And if you're two injuries away from your offense being highly productive or at least efficient enough to win and close out games to wildly ineffective against units that include but are not limited to the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Seattle Seahawks, then it's not good enough. And that's something that the Jets, as an entire unit, need to figure out this offseason, and I don't think it's very easy to answer.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's beautifully said. Um, I think quarterback is, is certainly a position that, you know, the old saying, they get too much praise when everything goes well. They get too much blame when things go bad. Yep. Um, I agree with you. I think that certainly there's a lot of things on offense that, uh, that were failures for the Jets, but ultimately it it is really tough to lose, not just AVT and, and Brees Hall, right? Becton too, right? This yeah. is, a, this is a high caliber draft pick that you have of a guy that has not been able to play for you. And, and when you look back on the logic of that pick, yeah, of course you would probably rather have, you know, a Tristan Wirfs, another guy from that draft class, because those guys, when they've been out there have been playing really well, And the been out there part means a lot. But the mindset was right, you know, like the mindset was right there for it. Now, again, you can go to quarterback and say the mindset was there for Zach Wilson. They just made the wrong choice on him. Now, how many wrong choices do you get? I don't think there's a magic answer to that. But I would agree that though there are some questions for – um the the GM right now. What's his name? It just he literally blanked on Joe me. Douglas. Joe Douglas. Thank you. I'm an idiot. Uh even though there are some questions for Joe Douglas, I don't think there are enough piling question marks for him to be relieved of his duties. Certainly not. I mean yep. when you look at so many of their other draft picks, let's face it, who's gonna win offensive rookie of the year? Probably Garrett Wilson. Good right? chance. Who's gonna Good win chance. defense? Who's gonna win defense rookie of the year? It could be Sauce Garner, right? You got the offensive, defensive rookies of the year. You know, you've got a lot of young guys that are already contributing for your football team. Now it's still got to come together for them, but I'm excited to see this Jets team with a veteran quarterback. I hope they nail it. Because like I said last week, a lot of the rest of this roster is there. First round this year, go draft an offensive lineman. Go get a good one. Go get a guy that you think can make a major impact. If they can get themselves a Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, love that man would absolutely mm-hmm. love that and he could change things around real quick especially if they go get a veteran and that was kind of that was that was also my my what matters most is i, I really want this jets team to be aggressive and going after a quarterback this offseason and i also just wanted to point out sauce garner hell of a game versus dk Metcalf. yeah which is great yeah it got lost in how lifeless the offense
1: was that sauce had that kind of game yep so you know, and it's not completely bury Seattle as, you know, we often do go plenty of Jets bucks on this show for obvious reasons. I mean, credit to Gino Smith, man. Like this is where it all started for Gino. Gino's been vocal to say that he had a lot to learn. It wasn't just the Jets that things didn't go right for him. It was on him as well. And Gino's come full circle and Seattle with Kenneth Walker and that offensive line that didn't have Abe Lucas today. I think what matters most for Seattle to me is resiliency. Sure. That's what mattered most to me when I watched this game. They didn't have Ryan Neal at safety. They didn't have Abe Lucas at tackle. Tyler Lockett broke his hand and had surgery and was back in a week. Kenneth Walker's been playing through injuries really Mm -hmm. since summer. Um, I I just think Seattle is resilient. And I think that matters so much, not even just for now, but for the long-term future of, you know, Pete Carroll's the oldest coach in the NFL, but they clearly have a lot of guys on that staff that are doing a really, really good job with this
0: young team. And Seattle kept their playoff hopes alive, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're in a situation where they still need help. They've got to beat the Rams next week, and they need the Lions to beat the Packers. It's kind of a win, and you're in there for, uh, for, green for, Bay. The green, for, for Green Bay, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think that it's that that just matters a lot that Seattle is still alive here as the season's going on, which is really cool for that team. Uh, really cool for Geno Smith. And they're again, like the Jets, they, they're they building in a lot of great directions. And we didn't, th- I, I don't think a lot of people believe that either of these teams were going to no. take the steps that they did this year. Um, And so I'm excited about both these teams' future for sure. Vikings, Packers. I mentioned, I just mentioned that if Packers win next week, they're in, which is just jarring. Mm-hmm. Nuts to say. Packers now eight and eight on the season. They beat the Vikings in. Not even close fashion. 41-17. to This game was not even as close as the final score was. Vikings scored a couple of garbage time touchdowns, scored 14 in the fourth quarter. It didn't matter. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a miracle game in this one. He was 15 for 24 for 159 yards. Aaron Jones had over 100 yards rushing. But I'll tell you what the big difference was for me in this game. Packers defense. And it wasn't just the turnovers, right? Kirk Cousins coughing the ball up three times. You're going to lose the game. You're just, you're just always going to lose the game at that point. So them winning the turnover battle was huge for Green Bay, but I thought that they were the better team anyways on defense, specifically by how they figured it out with Jair Alexander. Put Jair in man coverage against the other team's best wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, arguably the best wide receiver in the game, one of them. Five targets, one catch, 15 yards. The man could not handle Jair covering him. Now, that's not to say if you played this game again, Justin Jefferson wouldn't get the better of Jair Alexander. I think that there's certainly room to believe that that would be the case. This would be a back-and-forth battle of two of the best. But I'm emphasizing this for the Packers' sake. You have an unbelievable defensive chess piece in Jair Alexander when he can do things like he did This past week, they're playing Rasul Douglas a little bit more in the slot. The safeties are playing a lot better because of it. They're either playing man coverage or they're playing quarters coverage, and it is just going so well for them. That adjustment on defense is why the Packers are here. We all want to talk about, oh, sure, some of the wide receivers are playing better for Green Bay, and they are. I want to make sure they say that. They definitely are. That's a part of this. But the Packers' defense are why they're still alive for a playoff spot down the stretch. And that is also why the Packers end up making the playoffs if the Vikings somehow still get the two seed in this one, the Packers would play the Vikings again in the first round as a seven seed. And guess, guess who I'd be taking in that game? Probably the Packers, even though that would be in Minnesota. So it's just a wild finish that we could have here with this Packers team. But um, yeah, uh, hats off to the defensive change there for the Packers. It's made all the difference in the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, a a pooped pants game from Kirk Cousins, unfortunately. Graphic. Three three picks. He had a QBR of ten point two. Not great. N- Nick Mullins came out of somewhere and and appeared in this game. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kirk.
0: They they just pulled Kirk out. Obviously, yeah, yeah. They didn't, need, they didn't need it anymore.
1: No, I, th- I think Green Bay's scary again. I don't. I don't even know how he got here with how bad they looked at some point of this season. It's a, It's remarkable. Uh, I obviously Jair's confidence plays a huge part in that. Rodgers... Looking like Rodgers again, we know what Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon can do. But those are all storylines that we were talking about over summer and why we thought Green Bay would be such a great team this year.
0: Yeah, and so everything. We didn't. Else. We, didn't th- we didn't think the defense would be as bad as
1: it was yes. to start the year. Poorly, really poorly coached to start the year. Um, a lot better this time around. They didn't get any impact from their two first rounders to start the year. They really didn't for right. the first what eight weeks of the season. That's right. that's a long time. Yep. So, but Christian Watson has come on late. You know, mm-hmm. he had that touchdown streak. There's a lot is clicking for Green Bay right now, and I won't go full. They're the scariest team in the NFC. Yeah, but that's not true, if I was a Vikings fan, I sure as hell do not want to see them no. in the first round of the
0: playoffs. No. Because, you I... know, Aaron Rodgers is just chomping at the bit. Of course. Last game, Chargers. Easy one against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, Battle of do you want to say here. 30, 31 to 10. Yeah, I mean, we can keep this one pretty quick. I mean, I, I, my what matters most... Are the Chargers this team's or this year's Cincinnati Bengals from last year?
1: Right? I say no because I still don't think they'll stop the run in the playoffs. That's
0: fair, but but if they figure that part out, they got a shot. Getting hot at the right time. I think they're on a what five game win streak, four game win streak. Joey Bose is back. You know, he had a 70 point nine pass rush grade. He was getting back to it. They're getting a little bit more healthy. Austin Eckler's playing unbelievably well. The wide receivers are once again healthy for this team. Justin Herbert's playing well. He didn't even have to light the world on fire today, and the the, the Chargers were able to win big. All I'm saying, man, nobody really gave the Bengals a chance at the beginning of the playoffs last year. They had some pieces to believe in, but nobody really thought they were going to be able to hit the upsets all the way and really make that run. Chargers feel like if there's a team, to make a run down the stretch. They've got the identity to do it, and I'm excited to watch them in the playoffs. I really am. I'm with you. and The one thing with the Chargers that interested me so much today, because
1: I just laughed. We obviously do the draft, and we watched Donald Parham coming out, and we were like, what if people just put a guy that's almost seven feet tall in the end zone? (laughs) And then you got Parham out there, who's a a legitimate 6'8", plus, and he caught a touchdown today. So uh, it's just one of those funny. That was like I had to look for funny things in this game because this was a terrible game. Um, you and hey. I were saying off air that it's it is great to see Cam Akers look
0: like the guy we always thought Cam Akers could be. That's a nice little side note of this yep. game. No, Cam was great. Cam looks Cam looks better than he did pre Achilles injury. You know, not only he does. does he not only does he have like confidence in his body now because it's been a little bit of time since he came back. He's got confidence in just, like, his assignments, what he's going to do out in space. Like, Cam looks awesome. He had over 100 uh, rushing yards in this one, 19 carries, 123 rushing yards. So that was just really cool to see. Uh, Rams are obviously a team that's very much in flux right now uh, with what they're going to look like next year, too. But uh, Cam Akers seems like a really cool piece that they get to hang on to, which we were not convinced would be the case. Uh, Because torn Achilles are always really tough for running backs, but it's great to see. Before we get out of here... Mhm. Mike Tomlin's going to freaking go
1: 9 and 8, dude. The Steelers won while we were on air in the last minute of the
0: game. Who Steelers play next week? They play Cleveland. <laughs> 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 they play Cleveland at home. They're home. That place is going to be rocking. Okay, Wait, rocking. Wait, 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 hold on. They're just
1: going to make the playoffs.
0: Steelers can't actually make the playoffs. They have a six percent chance right now, uh, as it stands. Okay, like let's no. They have a fifteen. They have a fifteen percent chance They to go up from the win. Right. They have a sixteen percent chance from the win. What do they <laughs> it's need going up? Okay, they if they beat if they beat Cleveland next week, that goes to twenty nine. Ooh, they probably need the Jets to win. Uh. They need the Bills and
1: the Jets to win. They need the Patriots okay, and Dolphins. If to the lose.
0: Jets win, it jumps from thirty percent to eighty percent. Yeah, there you go. And then the Bills have to take care of New England. That's the wild card spot. <laughs>
1: yeah, the Steelers. The Steelers hopes.
0: can make the playoffs, and that's not that. It's not crazy. Nuts. It's not nuts because if the if if the Dolphins can't play Tua, it's Skyler Thompson. The Jets are gonna play their nuts off in the last game. Yay. Jets are gonna win that game and and then the Bills Bills should beat
1: New England, theoretically. Because they need that number. They want the number one seed. They hold the tiebreaker with the Chiefs. So the Bills have to go balls to the wall. So the Steelers legitimately can make the playoffs, and it's not crazy. It's not. How does Mike Tomlin do this? How does he do
0: it? You know who the you know who this wait do you know who the Steelers might play in round one of the playoffs? Oh, where it uh... all be, where it all began. If we play in Cincinnati in Cincinnati, just like they did in week one when they beat them. That's pretty insane. That's
1: if Cinc- pretty insane. If
0: Cincinnati beats the Bills on Monday Night Football, then I believe the Bengals would have the track to the two seed because the Chiefs would have the one. Right? Yeah, I think or, you're on it. Or would the Bengals have the one? No, 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 no. I didn't think that would be the case. I thought the Chiefs would then have to Oh,
1: we're idiots. The Bills play the Bengals that's as people I'm, are listening to this. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're right. So no, you're, the, you no, 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 no.
0: Right. The, the, the Bengals, yeah, yeah. The Bengals, are, the Bengals will still be down a game to the Kansas City Chiefs anyways. Okay. Okay, okay. So yeah, uh, Steelers-Bengals, where it all began.
1: Anyway, Mike Tomlin's been coaching – in the Go. NFL as a head coach since he was 35 years old in Go. 2007. He is now 50 and he has never had a losing season. That's remarkable. Like, that is one of the most amazing stats in
0: NFL history, in my opinion. And the Steelers team stinks right now. Dude. I mean, it'll stink. Their offensive line's bad.
1: Their defense got healthy and obviously became the defense that you right. would expect them to become. Still. They've run into some absolute dumpsters on this win streak, but they're doing it with Kenny Pickett, a rookie starting at quarterback. A line that needs a lot of work.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Shout out, Mike Thomas. All right. That's all we got. That's um, all we got. Hope that's what matters enjoy. most course, let us know what you guys think as well. Hit us up on Twitter at Tambaytray at J Rogers. You can hit us up on Instagram as well. Um if you're watching this on YouTube, comment on the YouTube channel. We love to read the YouTube comments. We it's an easy way for us to interact. Uh we obviously love for this show to be as much of a community as possible. And I know we that you guys got takes whether it has to do with your team, whether it's a team around the NFL that you're watching, whether it's a certain matchup, a certain um Playoff spot, whatever it is. We know there's a lot of takes to be had this time of year. Uh, Let our YouTube section be the place where you can vent out your takes, either responding to ours or just giving us your own. Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here?
1: No, that wraps it up. We will be back in the middle of the week with the Giraffe show. I will be in Las Vegas, Um, but that will not affect this podcast at all. We'll be steady rock and rolling Giraffe show drops Wednesday and tight end rankings drop Thursday. Did I have that right?
0: uh yeah i think we'll do tight ends thursday if you want we'll to we'll just we'll do something thursday there'll be a show it will be some sort of ranking on thursday but i think that it will be tight ends yeah i think that's okay on our schedule are you Beautiful. going to uh, vegas to you know tell tell car how nice it is in uh the northeast <laughs> no i mean he left the team so he's not even there yeah, i don't I mean, think yeah, yeah he still lives there you know what i'm saying you, just, you know, like casually just you know like run into him you know just like Outside of Aria, you know. You no, like, hey.
1: I, I will not be uh recruiting Derek Carr. That is not what the trip is for. And okay, right, I, I just was...
0: gotta look. I just gotta ask. I just gotta no, ask. No, no, no. Yeah, ask.
1: I went on the pun. So what matters most is that Derek Carr was actually the problem with the Raiders' offense this year. But hey, I'm here to no. You're you. the price. You're tanking the price. Smart man. Smart man. Always thinking. Always two steps ahead. Some um... <laughs> play chess. Some play checkers.
0: <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We will be back with you on Wednesday to update the official draft order, talk about some major implications of cool players that have been moving up and down the draft board from an insane college football weekend as well. We're going to dig into all that and so much more on the Wednesday episode. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.